Welcome to the Imposture to Unstoppable podcast, where physicians can learn how to overcome imposter syndrome and create the career of their dreams. Today on the podcast, we have Raina Trevino. She is a medical doctor with a demonstrated history of working in the medical device industry. She is the creator and innovator of Dr. Rosie's nasal aspirator. She's, all, she's also skilled in medical devices, critical care medicine, healthcare, and clinical research. She has a strong business development um, with the doctor of medicine focused in pediatrics from the University of Illinois at Chicago. Raina tells us the amazing journey of her um, having the idea of creating medical device all the way up until um, bringing it to the market. Enjoy. Well, um, we'll just jump in here. It's like such a big topic. I really struggle with that imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, but um, one thing in particular is uh, well, I'm a pediatrician and uh, I always have ideas about making things better for babies and kids. Uh, and to the point where I thought I could maybe create or draw actually different products. Um, and I used to do that in my little notebook and doodle like, oh, maybe this might be better to use than what's available on the market. And just kind of just throwing ideas. I, I would keep a journal uh, that I would write in at night. Um, this is 10 years ago. And then so it just became just like a stronger drive to, to do this particular product. It, it's actually a nasal aspirator for infants. Uh, wow. I would run to deliveries and uh, the obstetrician would hand the baby to me and I would suction with that little blue thing uh, and mm-hmm. things would be great. The blue little blue bulb would stay in the baby cart. And I also do outpatient pediatrics and I would find this product in mom's diaper bag. Like, is that the same ball that I just aspirated whatever out of their nose? Uh, and so I just got to thinking that maybe I should uh, create a product. And so I got a patent, actually, it took five years. Um, wow, to- that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my patent. I have other ideas that I've doodled and played around with to uh, get them patented as well. Uh, but I think the point was the... Uh, just not thinking I could do that because my major in college was biology. So I didn't study engineering or anything like that. Like, well, how do I get this product created? Um, And so just that imposter syndrome that I'm not an engineer for one, um, it's very expensive to start the process with prototyping and doing studies conducting studies and getting FDA approval. And it was just like a humongous mountain. (laughs) And so I just didn't know where to begin. And it took 10 years to get from my idea to actually do something about it. So that's, so it took so long to do this Um, just because I I can't do it. I don't have time. I have little kids. Um, I work full time. Um, I just have a lot of different things. Uh, actually, I, I was divorced early on with my little kids. I have three daughters. And so I would go out and meet people and I would tell them, oh, you know, I want to make these products. And 
yeah, that's great, honey. That's just a pipe dream, you know, and they would mm-hmm. tell me and I, I actually would believe it. Like, oh, that is a lot of effort. Yeah, they're right. You know, I'm busy. I'm a, I'm a single mom and I'm taking care of my little girls. Uh, and so it just kind of evolved where I just got tired of hearing that. And I felt that um, being a full-time pediatrician, um, it's so limited uh, how many patients I can see. My salary is capped by my capacity to see kids. I cannot make more or see more physically mm-hmm. uh, than the 40 hours that I was allotted. And then um, I would moonlight uh, as a hospitalist as well, trying to make a little more money when the girls would be at their dad's house. And so like, this is this is for the birds. I, I just can't see how I could double my income are put away for their college by doing by doing this and paying the student loans. Um, and so I just made a drew a line in the sand and said, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this project. And I think that got me past that, that, that just barrier that I just couldn't do this. Um, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so that's, it was interesting. It just started with an email. I, I, I was in my bed just looking at who can help me. Well, and I'm in Chicago, there's all these great universities. And like, I think I need a, a, like people to help me plan this. And I sent a blind email. I didn't know anybody at the business school at the University of Chicago. I didn't know a soul. So I just decided on my own just to send one email to all these professors that taught entrepreneurship at the U of C. And to my surprise, they responded and they, they asked me to come and um, pitch for uh, pitch the product. They, they thought, well, we have a competition and uh, if you win, we will help you with your product and with the marketing plan, uh, maybe figure out uh, just the cost of goods, how to manufacture this uh, and to, to see if it's viable. So I went in and I pitched against uh, against tech companies and other people, and I won. I, I couldn't believe. Oh my gosh! It. It, was, it was shocking because I've never pitched before in my life at all. I'm a pediatrician in the suburbs. I don't. I didn't learn <laughs> any. I just had my little slide deck, um, and I went in with these professors, economists, and and I pitched, and I have nothing to lose. I thought. Did nothing to lose. So I couldn't believe I won and they helped me. That's and amazing. It's been a whirlwind since then. So it's been really good. Wow. There's so much to talk about here. You have such an amazing story. So um, first and foremost, I want to bring up the, the comment you made about other people throughout your past telling you it was just a pipe dream. And I think that many physicians who have a desires outside of medicine have many critics in their lives. And any, any time we have something that feels like it's not going with the grain, it doesn't seem normal, then it's very easy to find people who are going to tell you that's not possible. And exactly like you said, it's easy. It's, it's tempting for us to believe those doubts. 
In fact, it's way easier to believe those doubts because our brain offers them up for us already. So I guess I, I'm assuming what you, what you said about what happened is that the dream just wouldn't go away. It kept picking at you and kept being there into the point where nothing else mattered except for you pursuing this dream. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, because I always encountered that disgusting little blue bulb in my job every single day. And yeah. it really hurt yeah. me because uh, you can't clean it um, you, and it gets moldy inside. Uh, kids hate it and mm-hmm. uh, it, it causes injuries. Uh, and so I just thought, wow, there, this, there's got to be a better way. And then also the nose Frida, which works well. It's like, a, I don't know if you know what that is. I do know what that is. Yeah. So I'm like, well, that works pretty well, but daycare providers can't be using nose Frida on kids that are not their own kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then sometimes the households were divided. The dad would think it's gross and then would excuse himself from taking care of the kid. Okay, mom, you do the nose Frida because I am mm-hmm. no way going to do that. And so, uh, so I thought there's plenty of noses out there. My nose Frida is pretty popular, um, but that's like another option for people to use my So product. what is your product called? I'm an OBGYN, so I got to tell all my patients about this. Oh, I didn't realize. What is it? <laughs> uh, so it's, it's just Dr. Rose's nasal aspirator. So I have mm. a Instagram page that says doctor spelled out Rose's baby. Okay. And so my challenge now, which is another barrier, but I know that I can overcome it. I manufacture, manufacture it in New York with an all women's manufacturing company. And which is great. It's USA made women made by moms and, and it's, it's wonderful, but it's so expensive. It's, it's $9 to manufacture one of them. So mm-hmm. when I go to the hospitals here in Chicago, they're like, well, this blue bulb is only 50 cents. So, and so I, that's great. So I'm in the process of saving money, hopefully from the proceeds of selling it on Amazon and, um, other e-commerce pages uh, and just boutiques in the local area, small mom and pop pharmacies, and then just save every single dime so I could buy a bigger mold and and manufacture it. I'm just trying to figure out if I can, if I'm able to keep it in the U.S. I'm trying to, but it's just going to be really hard to compete with 50 cents here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to um, go leave the U.S. and go somewhere else to do it to be competitive with that blue bulb because they can keep it uh, for the life, the two years that their baby can't blow their nose. So Mm -hmm. you don't have to necessarily throw it away. You can, you can keep it. So I tested it with five different cohort groups Uh uh, from two months to about 15 months. And every parent thought that it was that I didn't have a single parent say it's not safe. Um, they all liked how safe it, it was. And then in increments with each prototype, it, the suction got stronger. So now it's pretty optimal. So it's a good, good suction. So I tested it out. So yeah, that's great. amazing. And you said you had other products in mind to make in the future. Is that right? 
Yes. So my question, so this is interesting because you said you had, te- you had this idea for 10 years and your self-doubt kept you, held you back, you know, and your um, fears held you back. So now that you have, you know, forged ahead despite those fears and despite the inner critic, how do you think that will change the future of your business and your, and in your future products? So I think that the inner critic is there still mm-hmm. as I have, it took such a long time to find a manufacturer. Uh, I got to this one because I think by the fact that they're women, I think that really helped. I think mm-hmm. that they were the, um, uh, thought that this would be a great product and uh, and they took it. But along the way, different manufacturers would just like, oh, it's another stupid doctor. <laughs> In fact, I was on an email chain that I wasn't supposed to see asking for a quote um, on this product. And they said, oh, it's another Dr. Doolittle. And I'm like, wow, this is how mm-hmm. they talk about doctors behind our back who are trying to make products. We're just Dr. Doolittles. We don't know what wow. we're doing. So there, there was a lot of that. Um, in fact, I encountered it two or three times. Um, I don't know why I get stuck on email chains, but I would, <laughs> I would forget to un, unattach me. And, and so I would find out that way. And I just like keep these emails like, okay, this is for prosperity. So later on. Yeah. I'm going to publish something and I will have these emails that I have that yeah. people just um, try to push you down, try not to help, um, knowing that it's a good product. It has a purpose. Yeah, I think that's a good, I mean, it's it's a sad reality that I think our medical training and our society really wants doctors to stay in a box that they feel comfortable with. And that means for many of us, it means not attending to our own needs as human beings. It means being professional all the time. It means never making a mistake. It means being, um, having expectations that are just simply uh, impossible for human beings to meet. And it means that we stay in our lane, right? We, as doctors, we can't be a doctor and an entrepreneur. We can't be a doctor and create amazing products. We can't be a doctor and an artist and a musician, whatever it is. And I think that it's important for physicians like yourself to get, you know, real, make, make people realize that we are doctors and whatever the heck we want to be. Yep, absolutely. I, I think there was a lot of that from the engineering world as well, looking for people to make my prototype. Um, and so it, it took, I, I searched high and low for the right engineering firm because they, they, they didn't believe that I could do this. They were in shock when they thought, what, you won the pitch contest uh, at the University of Chicago? I, like, yes, I'm here. Here's my marketing, my business plan right here. Uh, and it's made by amazing experts in the field of manufacturing. Here you go. Just make me a prototype. Just be quiet. <laughs> just make me this prototype. So it was just, um, so there's all these layers where there was a lot of barriers and I had to overlook that little voice inside. Is it's yeah. usually male run these engineering firms, there's, I I didn't, it was hard to encounter a female engineer. Mm. 
that would uh, that even to just see one and I would walk in these places, it's all men. I would be the only girl in the in the conference room. Uh, and then just finding uh, the attorneys and then uh, just finding it got easier with the marketing group because there's more females than marketing and sales. So that was mm-hmm. okay. They liked the product. But now I have to overcome now these ceilings getting into Target and Walgreens and getting into these like um, these big, big places. So I know it's there. I just have to keep going. There's all, there's always going to be a bias. Mm-hmm. So I just keep just putting the bar a little higher. Okay. Now this time I'm going to do this and now I'm going to, so I know I'm going to oh, meet critics and just investors who just doubt what I'm doing. And yeah. um, so I know it, these next 10 years, just building products and making a company, uh, it's it's not going to be any easier than it was the first 10 years <laughs> getting over that, um, just that doubt that I could do it. So I, I know it's, it's not going to get easy. It's just, but now I have some successes behind me. So I think that helps. Definitely helps. Well, this has been so fascinating, Raina. Thank you so much for your time. What would you tell one of uh, the listeners who maybe they have an idea, but they're, they're just shoving it down because it's scary to them. What, what piece of advice would you give them now? I would say that, um, take little baby steps, uh, draw the idea, first of all, draw, draw it, and then look at it. It makes it real. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's just floating in your head, it's just better just to draw it. Uh, and think about how it's going to help people. Um, and, and just take those baby steps to go from a drawing to maybe looking for uh, maybe a sample non-disclosure, non-disclosure, an NDA on online and have, have that and, and then show it to um, engineers or or attorney, definitely cover yourself legally. Someone takes your idea um, and then just take it a bit of a time. Me, I only worked on this on Wednesday afternoons. It took me five years and that's all I did. Just on a Wednesday afternoon, I put four hours into it. And little by little, it reminds me of um, the Shawshank Redemption when Andy tries to get out of jail with the little hammer and he Mm hammers behind the poster. That's how I felt like that I had to do just a little bit behind the scenes, a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. So, Awesome. Thank you so much. That's such great advice. It was awesome talking to you. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having this.